Good evening. Robin asked me to introduce myself shortly. Um, my name is Zoltan, as you know, and uh, I'm a minister in uh, the Hungarian Reformed Church. And I spent some weeks here in Belfast for a study because I do some teaching in the theological seminary or faculty in Budapest. And uh, I have a family at home, four children and wife. They are very busy without me now at this weeks at home. And um, I do my work in uh, Belfast in the Union College. And um, thank you very much for inviting me for the uh, possibility that I can visit you in this uh, evening worship. And um, I hope um, you will be able to follow in this late night the Hanglish accent uh, from Hungary. So thank you very much for your attention. I will repeat two verses from the Romans 3. Uh, I used a new revised standard version. But no righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. As I said, <clears throat> We have four children, and the third one is 10-year-old, and uh, he is attending a school nearby where we live, and uh, he is uh, in a low primary, we call it Hungary. It means that he has just two teachers. Uh, one teacher is giving classes in the morning, and the second one gives uh, lectures in the afternoon till 4 o'clock. And uh, the morning time teacher is demanding very much from them, and uh, he asks for very high levels from the pupils. He looks at the class as they were, in Hungary we say, they were racing stud, so there is no good enough result. Uh, you have to do better all the time, and uh, you have to do much more. Um, she seems to be a very assertive uh, person, and whenever any parent tries to <clears throat> speak to her, she's doing a kind of boasting, as Paul said here in the word. And this boasting is always, from the first uh, sentence, her top results with the children, her perfect mode of teaching, or her rich experiences since decades. Um, she has never made any mistake. It is not her fault, and so on. Meanwhile, she looks to be happy. But I think uh, living all your minutes and all your seconds in a mode of self-justifying, it must be very, very tiring. I mean, <clears throat> she has no any minute to be happy or any second to be happy if her every minute or every second is busy with self-justifying. It was just an example, an extraordinary, but unfortunately true example. Uh, very spectacular. Who tries one in Hungary, or maybe more people in Hungary, or one or more here in Northern Ireland, to testify their life, existence, preciousness, worthiness, or acceptability. I read a passage from the epistle to the Romans. 
I think it's very, very important epistle for us uh, Reformed people and for Presbyterian people. Um, Reformed and Presbyterian, you know very well, it's uh, equal to each other. Our common roots come from the Calvinistic soil. And uh, we have common values. And uh, this uh, red word from the Bible, this is uh, one of these common values. A word, this word, that turned the whole of Europe upside down 500 years ago. A word that was very important, but since then it has faded away. Its importance today is absolutely imponderable. Actually, nobody uses it. And this word is to be righteous in front of God or to be justified by God. (coughs) Righteousness. (coughs) Sorry. Righteousness is a validating performance record that opens the doors. For example, if you want a job, you get your resume. That resume is your vocational record. It should have all your accomplishments and experiences. If you want a job, you take it to the employer and it's your validating performance record. You say, this means I am worthy for this position accept me. And if your performance record is good enough, it's a very emphasized word, good enough, if you are good enough, the doors open. Or let's say you want to get an advanced degree and you want to get into a degree program. What do you do then? In that case, you bring out not your vocational record, but your academical record. You bring out your grades. These now function as a validating performance record. You say, look at this, because of these grades, I am worthy of this position. Please accept me. If you are good enough, you are accepted. That's the way it is in all of life that happens. Everybody has these validating performance records by which they (coughs) get into jobs, by which they get into the school, or by which they do all of these various things. That's the reason every religion and every culture and everywhere in the world believes it is the same with God. If there is a God and you want to have a spiritual connection with him, it's the same. It is not a vocational record or not academic record. It is much more and moral record. This is how you get connected to God. This is how you, how you go to the heaven. That is how you connect to the divine. You get out your performance record. You develop righteousness. You offer it, and you are good enough. If you're good enough, are you good enough? You are worthy, and you are accepted according of many, many people around the world that happens like this. But Paul comes along and says, but now, but now what? He says, that is not just, sorry, he says, there is not just a good record or a great record or a good enough record but a divine righteousness. 
a perfect record that is available as a gift. It comes to us. It alights upon us. When we have it, it is the end of our struggle for validation, for worth, for acceptability. This is the gospel that God develops a perfect righteousness and he offers it to us and by it we are accepted. It is the gospel. And Paul says, but now. And that means that has never been ever heard of before. And it never has been heard of since. The Christian gospel is absolutely and utterly and totally unique. And the reverse of what anybody else, any other religion, any other culture, any other philosophy, and any human heart actually believes. And this uniqueness, that word from the Greek language, we read it in Greek language, diakosune. And the word righteousness and the word justification in the Greek language comes from the same word, from the same root. And that is the same in the Hungarian language. He used the same word for righteousness and for justification. But in English, as we know, <clears throat> it is two different words. But the roots of, the, of this concept uh, go back to the same uh, concept. Let me show you. Everybody is trying to find a way to be justified. I spoke about a teacher of my son in the school. Every breath, every word, every sentence, every thought, every day is justify herself. But <clears throat> there is another good uh, illustration. I guess you know the movie on two sportsmen, Eric Lidl and Harold Abrahams. Yes, this is the movie of Chariots of Fire. Harold <clears throat> is a Jew and he runs to overcome the prejudice. Harold is going for the gold in the 100-yard dash in the 1924 Paris Olympic Games. Maybe you remember the scene. <clears throat> Somebody asks him, why are you working so hard? Why are you training so hard? He actually says something like, when that gun goes off, I have 10 seconds to justify my existence. Here is what he's saying. He says, you know, <clears throat> I want to know I am justified being here. I want to know my life is worth something. I want to know my, my life counts. I want to know I'm a person worthy to be known and accepted. The way I am doing that, the way I am convincing myself and other people that my existence is justified, is I'm going to be a runner. That means, of course, as you know the movie, how it goes on, the cheering of the crowd and the gold medal he wins are his justification. It's not just the gold medal. <clears throat> it is not just the cheering. It's justification. It makes him feel validated, worthy, and accepted. Everybody is struggling for righteousness. 
Everybody is struggling for justify their existence. Everybody is wrestling and struggling for righteousness and validation and worth and acceptability. But what happens when Harold wins the gold medal in that uh, movie? He feels an extreme huge emptiness in his heart afterward. He justified himself and though remained in the same position because self-justification is no solution because self-justification is no salvation. Paul Schotz, in the other passage of this letter, Bradgeman that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? I said, or I brought an illustration from a movie. It is just a movie, a good English movie, but I think it is the scene from an everyday life. Anybody's life might be. That may happen anywhere in the world, in Hungary, in Northern Ireland, or elsewhere. Even here, or even in your lives. Then, if you sacrifice your life, your every minute given in this life, in your life, to, to justify yourself, you have no time then to live. You have no time to live with God. Always proving, always testifying, always justifying. There is no place for life and there is no place for God. Who will rescue me from this self-justification Paul says, <clears throat> there is a rescue, there is a solution, there is a salvation. It is possible through the gospel to end your struggle for righteousness, validation, worth, and acceptability. And what is it? It is, as we <clears throat> can read it in the 24th verse, free justification. Free justification. So let's speak about this free justification. I would like to show you that the gospel is talking about something that I have to say people can be around church or in the church for years and years and not even understand free justification. This is my experience from home. If you want to understand free justification, you have to understand, on the one hand, it is far more than forgiveness or pardon. But, on the other hand, it is distinctly different from moral goodness. It's more than pardon, and it's distinct from being morally a good person. It is neither of those things. <coughs> First, it's more than pardon. And most people here you are justified by grace because of Jesus' death on the cross, they say, oh, thanks God, we are forgiven. And it is true, but, not, but it is not what justification means. It is more, infinitely more. Forgiveness is basically a negative. I mean, you are now free from the liab liability to punishment. Because this <clears throat> picture in the Bible comes from the picture or the situation of the court when the judge said to the man 
under uh, accused that uh, you are forgiven, you may go. But justification is a positive, is the bestowal of a status with all the rights and privileges and benefits pertaining thereunto. The voice which spells forgiveness will say, you may go. You have been let off the penalty which your sin deserves. But the verdict which spells justification will say, you may come. You are welcome to all my love and presence. Therefore, as great as forgiveness is, it's basically a negative, but justification is always positive. Let's repeat. Forgiveness says, you may go. I'm not going to punish you. But justification says, you may come. You are welcome to all my love and presence. Justification is infinitely more than pardon, but on the other hand, <clears throat> the other thing you have to know, that justification, this righteousness that comes upon us, is not in any way a kind of moral goodness inside. People say, oh, I am forgiven, I want to please God, I want to resemble God, I want to delight God, I want to get near to God. How do I do that? Of course, by serving him, by serving other people. Here is <clears throat> the rare thing. If you think your good deeds are good enough, they are not good, so you are wrong. But if you think your good deeds are absolutely worthless and you are saved by grace, that makes your deeds good and you will be right. As I said, <clears throat> in Hungary I see people again and again come in and out of churches. They understand what does it mean forgiveness, that they are forgiven, and they understand the moral, moral goodness, they should be good, but they don't understand free justification. They do justification, but they don't understand free justification. They understand, if I confess my sins, I have a forgiving God. Jesus died on the cross, and I get forgiven. Now that I'm forgiven, I need to really live for him. That's how most people think. Most people think. So people come in and out of the church, and they don't understand what is free justification. What's going on? They try hard to live like they should, and they um, <clears throat> sometimes makes them fear, or they just sort of fade away, and then things go wrong, and they know they need God. Then they come back, and they recommit, and they ask for forgiveness, and they try their best to live a moral life, a good life, a good enough life. Then they sort of slip away and they have to ask forgiveness again and again and again. Well, let's, let's find it. What makes you a Christian is not so much that you repent of your sins. You should repent of your sins, of course, but that can make you just, that makes you just another person in the cycle. What makes you a Christian 
is you repent of your struggle for your self-justification and your ideas, your wrong ideas about self-justification. That is, you should repent. And you start to believe what Paul said. And now the righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Amen.